Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Hey Greasters, I hope you're having uh, a nice week. Someone said you should do a hashtag, Hey Greasters, carry on. And I thought, I don't know, I'm not sure about that. don't know how you'll feel about that. But anyway, hello, I hope you're well. Um, so I did mention this last week in the podcast, but who knows if you listen to this beginning bit, if you just do that 30 second skip thing that we all do. Uh, we have been nominated for a Chortle Award for Best Internet Thing, uh, Best Podcast Internet comedian thing if you head to the chortle website c-h-o-r-t-l-e just type in chortle to google take you there uh, you can vote for us that would mean an awful lot because the people we're up against are huge we're up against the guilty feminists and adam buxton and um all killer no filler so you know they're big they're big shows so if you would like to vote just a, a wee little vote for death um i'd very much appreciate that um, and i have said to people you know if you don't vote for me that's fine but i'm assuming a horde of ghosts will haunt you for the rest of your life but you won't grief us because you're you're the good people anyway we've been nominated for a short award this week i'm talking to writer and actor carrie quinlan carrie is an incredible lady she's been on all sorts of things the tracy ullman show uh yonderland miranda she's also probably maybe best known for being part of john finnemore's souvenir program which she is very very excellent on uh, she also co-hosts the guilty feminist occasionally and she's just generally an incredibly witty person as well as being funny not everyone's witty i would say carrie is extremely witty and extremely lovely as well carrie came in to talk to me about her dad who died 10 years ago Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with actor and writer Carrie Quinlan. Hello. Hello. Um, Carrie, we've just been chatting about it so much already. <laughs> and now I, normally I'm like, oh, this is we can about edit that. it in. Um, I know. Yeah. Because <laughs> you also co-host The Guilty Feminist. Occasionally. Again. Yes, yeah, I yeah. do. With, um, as we both do. Yeah. I want, I, there was a very funny moment when we did Guilty Feminist. Do you remember this? We did Guilty Feminist Live. Yeah, yeah. At the Palladium. And we came outside and people were looking for each other. And it was me, you... Jess Foster Q yep. and somebody else. Rachel oh, Paris. Rachel Paris yep. and Margaret Caborn Smith. <laughs> but we were talking about hosting <laughs> and then someone said something and we all looked at each other, as in me, you, Margaret Caborn Smith, Jess Foster Q, and we all went, oh, she's got a type. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all of us are like yeah. slightly differing versions of brown oh, curly haired funny ladies. Yes, yeah, the dark curly hair funny lady. And we were like, 
And then apart from Rachel, who was like the sort of unicorn amongst us, because we were like, oh. Yeah. So we all just moved away from her. Yeah, very quickly. I mean, any excuse. (laughs) In case her her beautiful blondness affected our our cynical Darlene-esque act that we've been Sullied the Darlene-ness. Yeah. But it's not funny. I see her. I meet a lot of brown... I think I think and I think we've all been asked what what's it what it's like to be married to Stuart Lee. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, of course, another the queen of the gang. The, the queen, the queen of the curly haired The queen funnies. of the brown curly haired white female comedians <laughs> is Bridget Christie. Did you love Darlene when you were growing up? Absolutely loved Darlene. I completely modeled myself on Darlene. Yeah. I get I used to get stopped in the street. Oh yeah, cuz your hair's very curly. Yeah. I think it's curlier than my, mine does like half straight half curly. It's looking lovely now. Thank though. you very much. But you I think you could pull off Darlene better than I could. Yeah. I certainly when I was younger, yeah. I got that all the time. Yeah. And in fact, um yeah, not endlessly. Endlessly, endlessly. And then a few years ago, I was going out with this guy and he said to me, you know who you remind me of? <laughs> I went, yeah, Darlene off Roseanne. And he went, no, 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 no I've, I've never seen Roseanne. I thought, oh, Something new, something new. This is yeah. really exciting. He went, no, there's this character on the Big Bang Theory called Leslie Witt. That's Darlene from Roseanne. <laughs> just never is it, what is wrong anything with else. That's so funny because she's quite different in the Big Bang Theory, isn't she? And yet. And yet she's. Oh. And yet here we are. And then here we are. <laughs> this is a lame story, but my husband was crossing the road once. That, is, that is a lame, lame is that, story. Is that the whole That's thing? It. That's it. Oh, wow. You got to the other side. And Chris Morris was crossing the road at the same time. And Chris Morris, the amazing comedian and writer, uh, is very tall. And my husband's very tall. And he said they both looked at each other like, how comes how comes you're at my eye level? Like, how comes I can see you? Because they don't normally encounter people the same height as them. And he said as they like got to the middle, my husband was like, oh, it was Chris Morris. <laughs> and then had this slightly awkward like, oh, we're, but it was, he said it was funny because he... He could tell Chris Morris was staring at him like he was important, but they both just realised it was a tall men off of like, oh, I don't normally see anyone oh, that's my height. Brilliant. Yeah, and he said they sort of like, yeah, both with brown sort of messy hair and looking a bit dishevelled, and we were like, oh, what? That's You're... what I do. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, why are you doing my thing? Yeah. I mean, anyway, on a tangent from Darlene. <laughs> <laughs> I once um, saw a little bloke in a massive furry hat being given directions by a tall lady in a massive furry hat. No. And I, it put such a smile on my face and as I got nearer to them, I realised that the tall lady with the big furry hat was my sister's best friend. And so I continued walking towards them with a big smile on my face. She, she finished giving directions, started to go and I went, Jude! And she turned around and she said, oh, it's you, sorry. And I said, yeah, didn't you see me with the big smile on my face coming towards you? And she said, yeah, I thought it was the hat. <laughs> She knew initially. Yes, she thought this is a funny situation. I hope, I hope other people are getting getting something <laughs> yeah, from it. Someone's this. enjoying like this. a little performance. That's delightful. <laughs> it was great. Was that before like camera phone time? Were you gonna yeah. snapped it? Yeah, that's... it was a lovely. But I'm not. I'm not a camera phone sort. Oh, you really? I'm not a picture taker. Oh, yeah. I'm not a picture taker, and I get into trouble for it. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. What, my... Not like t- saying funny things, and people go, "Where's the evidence?" Yeah. <laughs> Where's the evidence? Not so much Karen? that as my as um my girlfriend saying. I take loads of pictures of you. Why do you never take any pictures? Of, well, because you take all the pictures. We do. Yeah, well, no, that's not no, fair. It's not good. It's Harry, not good. That's not fair. If someone has the responsibility, yeah. then that's annoying. That's pressure on her. Yeah, okay, I'm very sorry. Well, that's all right, because you've sp- spoken from... My husband takes very good pictures, but not as many as I do. Right. 
So then I so think, quality over quantity. Yeah, but then I get annoyed if he doesn't. Yeah, and I think Ooh. I get annoyed now because I bullied him into, into taking pictures. Because like you should take more pictures. Right, and he's better at it. Than now you. he's better, but now if he doesn't, I get cross. I'm like, well, where's your good pictures of it? I took all these. I took twenty shit ones. Where's the really beautiful one I can send to my friends? And he's like, oh, I didn't take. It. Like, oh. You've got to take. You're the good one. You, you've got the gift. Yeah, yeah. He's got. He's really good. I at it. I really haven't got the gift. Then don't. Then don't. Ali's do really good at taking. Yeah. Then don't. Myself, if you're rubbish, I don't. Yeah. Want, we no one wants. Yeah. Half rubbish pictures of people's shoes. My, my dad used to take pictures only of landscapes. Oh really? Never. Very very rarely of the family. And if and the, the joke in the family was that if if any of us was in a photograph, it was for scale. <laughs> it was only ever for scale. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, Carrie, who are we remembering today? Well, well, what a segue. <laughs> what a segue, what right? What a segue. Primarily my dad. Your dad. Who died nine and a half years ago. Wow. Which is, just seems insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was an, it seems, what's really insane is that it was nine and a half years ago and I was an adult when he died. That doesn't seem right. Yeah. So something to be that long ago. Yeah, and it also, yeah. it's one of those things where it seems like it's ten minutes. Yeah. It's that really strange. Well, and also I think... You're coming up to 10 years then, mm. which is quite a... Ch- like, I found 10 and 20 um, sort of significant numbers slightly because it just yeah. felt like, Because 20 is recent for you, isn't it? 20 is recent. It was this year, yeah. yeah. So when will be 10th anniversary? 10 will be February. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's it's almost exactly nine and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember, so, yes, six months after he died, I was in Edinburgh. I was doing a show in Edinburgh. That was weird. Wow. Um, and just walking around in a daze yeah. on the sixth month. Because also his his birthday is in August, August the 11th. Uh, right. And mum and dad's wedding anniversary is August the 7th. So there's a sort of run yeah, yeah. of weirdnesses. Yeah, God, it's hard, isn't it? Which is strange. My mum and dad got married on my dad's birthday. Oh, wow. Which means that day is quite tough. Yeah, but it does God. knock two at the park, two out the park. Well, there is that. It gets gets it out of the way, I <laughs> That's suppose. the one thing I'd say is like, yeah, we don't never have to have like, oh, now it's, it's like birthday anniversary, boom. Yeah. Done. And it's before Christmas. Boom, <gasps> let's get these things done. Get them yeah. done. You have to think <laughs> yeah, about Yeah, my, my dad died about 9pm on my niece's birthday. Oh. And, we were, and we were just like, you prick, you couldn't wait <laughs> three hours just so it's a different date. <laughs> just give her a different Come date. Come on. Yeah. So what did he die of? What happened? Um, he had cancer. So he originally had prostate cancer. Okay. And then and that all got sorted out pretty much. Ten years later, it all re-emerged and metastasized to his bones and wow. it all got a bit grim. Because prostate um, cancer is quite common of, over a certain common. age. common. Over a certain it? age, it's sort of weird as not to have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're a boy, if, you yes. have a, if you're a girl. Very weird to have it <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. But yeah, it's sort of like, oh yeah, you've got that. So it was just sort of dealt so with. That, yeah, that was dealt with. That was all <clears throat> yeah. fine. Probably lingering about slightly. Yeah, yeah. Um, as these creepy bastards do. Yeah, these bastards. Um, and th- yeah, and then uh, ten years later, he got uh, he got pains in his back, and um, we thought, oh, that's a bit strange. Went to the doctor, and it turned out, yeah, it turned out it, 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 he was riddled. So by the time you found it, it was sort of way too late. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Did he have any treatment or anything? Um, he he didn't. It, not not for no, not not second time round. So he'd had radiotherapy and stuff first time round. Right. And then, yeah, second time round, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. If, in my mind, he didn't Everything, have particular yeah. treatment and we were just sort of hanging around for the prognosis. And they, fairly quickly, they told us that it was terminal. Right. And then a couple of months later, they worked out it, 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 could, it, it was going to be one of two types of cancer mm. and they worked out which one it was and so 
gave a gave a sort of datey prognosis said he won't make the year at which point my mum went it's, it's going to be less than that isn't it she's she's a nurse oh wow and she went uh, yeah it's going to be it might be six and this was at christmas god that we got this and um and yeah and he and he, he made it two months so that was weird wow. yeah mum was thinking easter maybe and God, he, that's he amazing. Months, it's which funny. Was... This is the thing my mum always says. They never gave us a time. Yeah. So I always found that really weird when they're like, he's got six months on any TV show. Because my mum was like, they never said, they would. They refused to say it. They kept saying, we don't do times. Yeah. They kept saying, um, we'll see. But they were still doing treatment for my dad. And my mum kept saying, he's, what you've just said. Right. You just said he's got a secondary tumour. And it's like wrapped around his back. She was like... He hasn't got any time. He's dying. And they were like, well, we don't like to use terms like that, Mrs. Lloyd. And she was like, why will no one say he's dying to me? But that's kind of amazing that your mum was able... Because that could have been awful if you thought, well, we've got a year, we won't rush anything. Well, that's the thing, because I I get the whole not giving a time scale. The the whole not saying he's dying sounds... That's my mum always Horrendous. It was so annoying. Yeah. But then the trouble is, my mum came into the room after the doctor, the consultant, had spoken to my dad. Right. So my mum still doesn't know, did my dad say, don't, don't say anything? Her. Oh, God. Did they not tell my right. dad? Yeah. Because my dad was so positive and like, I'm fine, I'm I'm all well, everything's going to be, we're going to beat this. Mm. That my mum's maintained, she said, she thinks that the consultant made a decision not to, not to tell him. She right. said, she felt like, who knows if this is true, I'm sure someone will email me and tell me. Um, she felt like the consultant didn't want to use that word on this particular patient, my dad, who was showing very positive energy and being like, we're going to, and right. to say he's going to die. But then I was like, mum, they must have had to tell him. She was like, I don't know. They just wouldn't tell me. It's that's, weird, isn't it? Yeah, that is weird. But like, that's, that's really weird. I'm sort of pleased that your mum was able to go, this is there was worse a, than it seems. Yeah, there was a slightly weird thing though, where dad, I think I'm going to misremember loads. Sure. <laughs> um, but I think dad, there was something like he broke a rib. And that's when both mum and dad knew wow. that it was good. It was it had gone to, it had gone into his bones oh, and it would be bad. Course, but yeah. neither of them told the other one that they knew. Wow! So dad dad had a friend had an old friend who'd had the same thing happen, and so he clocked it. Wow! But but for some reason didn't want to tell mum. And mum because of her medical stuff yeah. went oh okay that's, that's but but didn't want to say to him in case he hadn't. Oh wow! We absolutely barking. Bonkers. I guess you're both just. You're just trying to protect. It's, ab- so, like, it's so protective. Yeah, absolutely. So how old was your dad at the time? He so um, he would have been eighty-eight last week. So he was seventy-nine. Wow. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? We didn't get his name. Was he seventy-nine or seventy-eight? Oh, hang on, hang on. He'd have been seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. <laughs> oh God, I'm terrible at this. I'd see, this oh. is why I need notes. This is why I, I should have made more notes. You hear me every episode being like, "Sorry, I can't do the maths. Could you just explain <laughs> how long ago that was?" Uh, yeah, so, what was his name? Uh, Michael. Michael. Michael Quinlan. Michael Quinlan. Um, That's a lovely name. It's a good name, isn't it? Oh, it's it's very a good strong. solid. Michael Edward Quinlan. Oh, it's a good solid. Solid I'm, name. I'm already seeing the monograph. Mm-hmm. Was it one? Yeah, the MEQ. That's lovely. Mm. So. What was your relationship like before that? Were you particularly close to we him? We were, yeah. So I was the youngest by six years. I'm one of four. Four? Yeah. Sorry. And that's person with one, I'm always like, what? <laughs> they did it. They kept going. <laughs> yeah. So Weirdly. you're the youngest of four. And they really did keep going. So um, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> um, um, so yeah, so they, they had my brother. Then 18 months later, I had my sister. Two wow. and a half years, my other brother. Six years, me. So when I was little... People would say to me, oh, were you a bit of an accident? Oh, and my yeah. mum would go, absolutely postal. 
she'd wow. f- be furious. Yeah, yeah. Um, partly because she didn't want me to think I was an accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But partly because she'd lost two oh, in between wow. my brother and, yeah, and me. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that from quite a young age. Oh, wow. And I was really conscious of these other yeah. these other babies. God. Um, so in that, so, so sl- not exactly conscious of death because you know they they were never born. Yeah, yeah. But I was very conscious that there were the that I was sort of responsible for three lives. That's weirdly, interesting. Which only hit me recently that yeah. I that I I only remembered recently that I was really conscious of that. Right, I need to be a good person yeah. and work hard and stuff. Then yeah, that is interesting. And it wasn't it wasn't the big thing. It only ever came up. If someone went, yeah. oh, accident. <laughs> yeah. um, Just in the street. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Accident. Still get that, but I'm used to saying that. <laughs> but so, yeah, so the point, the original point yes. was that I'm the youngest by six years. So I was at home right. for longer than the others. And my dad, um, so dad was 45 when I was born. Right, okay. Which meant he'd retired when I was still at home. Wow, yeah. He then took up another job and was reasonably busy and stuff, yeah. but was at home more when I was in my teens and yeah. having chats and stuff and arguing about politics and that. Um, what did he do? He was he was a civil servant. Right. He was in the Ministry of Defence. Wow. Um, yeah, cool. And um, But he was ace. He was. We got on really well. And then my mum was ill when I was about 20. She had a brain tumour. Oh, God. Um, so that was the first yeah. big, oh, God, pa- my parents are mortal. Whiff of grief. Moment. <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and she, and, you know, it got sorted out, got operated oh, on. Wow. She's fine. She turned 80 in January and God, she's she's cool. Um, but that was the first, oh, shit, they're not going to be here forever. Yeah, yeah. But so I moved back, I moved back in at home and Dad and I kept an eye on it. So wow. I think we got closer then as well. Yeah, of course. I've been really lucky, actually. I, I, I got get on and got on really well with my parents. Yeah. So, so yeah, we were close. It was a... And being the youngest, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? To be yeah. because, well, everything I've read about it is that like by the time you've had the third or fourth, you're pretty chill. <laughs> you've been through a lot of stuff, yeah. And they always say the youngest kind of benefits from this sort of slightly more relaxed relationship. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. And you can get away with more, so you can be. They're you tired. Can, they're so tired. They're so tired. You you can become an actor. <laughs> yeah, yes, because you know? they've already got a doctor oh, and all that kind right. of stuff. Yeah, so. Yeah. The, you know, and, and you've always been farting about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why not do that for a living? Yeah. They're okay. much more relaxed about that, so that's nice. And then when you were looking after your mum, was that, did you talk about sort of grief and death with him or anything at all? Or? Um, not not particularly, actually. He was yeah. terrifically British. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, that name. Well, it, quite. Really, yeah. I mean, apart from the hugely Irish surname, mm. Um he was very British. He was, yeah. you know, he was civil servant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so while he was, you know, he was lovely and warm, we probably didn't have those massive heart-to-hearts particularly. Yeah. Occasionally, um, if he if he thought your your life wasn't running to to plan, <laughs> or perhaps as it should, he'd, he'd, he'd ask you if you wanted to go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the rest of the family would look over like, she She's in trouble. You're in trouble now. <laughs> go for a walk. Go for a walk And then we'd have sort of uh, mild heart to hearts. Mild heart. But he didn't. He didn't reveal much. Yeah. So we didn't really talk about the implications of. It was very practical. And then when he was sick. Yeah. 
did you have that manage those conversations or was it again practical it was it was pretty practical so he he summoned the family wow when he when he knew he was dying he summoned the family for a council of war he called it a council of war (laughs) and we sat around the kitchen table and we planned Perfect civil um, servant, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, it's, it's almost a shame there wasn't like a map with tanks <laughs> and him <laughs> moving them around with a stick. Around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we had this council of war that was all about funeral. Wow. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Ta- yeah, tax stuff and probate and all this wow, kind of so stuff. Oh, so he went through it with you all? Like proper, yeah. That's amazing. He'd written a document called When I Die that oh we all God, got sent. I love him. This yeah. is amazing. It's <laughs> extraordinary. That's incredible. Absolutely extraordinary. So we had, yeah, he'd, he'd give us bank details and various passwords and stuff like that. This, <laughs> yes, yes. Michael, yes. This is what we talk about so much. Like, talk about it. Because that must yeah. have meant, that must have meant that whole process was so much easier. In some ways, I think, or was um, it too practical? <laughs> I don't think, no, I don't think it was too practical, but I think, I don't think, I think what we learned was that it doesn't matter how much planning you do. Oh, really? It's still, it's still a bullet. fucking shambles. But I guess the at whole... least you've got a map. Totally. Like. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and you know map. what he wants. And yeah. he, sort of, you know, he said, yeah, I don't have strong feelings about the funeral. He, he was he was Catholic and very Catholic, but liberal Catholic. <laughs> um, so devout, but not a prick about yeah. it. Um, and so he sort of, you know, he wanted a proper funeral mass um, he didn't have strong feelings about hymns, and right. he'd sort of tell us that. And then, and then, um, and he was saying he wanted to be cremated, not buried. It's unusual for Catholicism, isn't it? I don't know, actually. Is it? Yeah, I suppose. I I, I, yeah, my buried. uncles have generally been buried. I thought Catholics had to be. I mean, <sighs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's, they're pretty cool about lots of stuff now. Oh, they, yeah, they're so relaxed. Oh man, Catholic the relaxed Church. Catholics. Woo! <laughs> Do what you like, guys. Just Oof. bring the incense. Have Come a sing. on. <laughs> as long as you're sorry after, be fine. Um, that's what I took from my religious upbringing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he said he wanted to. Be, it was oh, this brilliant moment. He said he wanted to be cremated, and Mum said, "Right, where, where would you want your ashes scattered?" Yeah. And he said, "Oh, I, I need this perfect summation of my parents' marriage." He said, "Oh, I, I don't really mind. You can put me out with the Tuesday bins." <laughs> and there was this perfect pause, and Mum went, "It's Friday." <laughs> <laughs> and it was there, right there, uh, right there is. That's marriage. Yeah, that's right. There, that's hilarious. It was great. I see your funny comment, and I raise you a detail, <laughs> yeah, yeah. an important detail <laughs> that actually affects us. Yeah. Even now, you can't remember when the bins are, Michael. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I undermine you with your shittiness at chores. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So, so how did your brothers and sisters and you feel then when you were called to this council of war? Um, was it hard, or did you kind of all just? It was hard, but it was also the first time the six of us had been in a room together. Yeah, yeah, for a long time. For a long time, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'd been, we'd had, you know, family dues with spouses and kids and all that kind of stuff, but just the six of us. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's just that family. It was very weird and and great. I mean, just, yeah, it's what, so much of the stuff with someone dying is feeling guilty about what a lovely time you're having yeah <laughs> so yeah. so the six of us together was 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 lovely and and actually when dad was then you know in the final few weeks we were all round and we were staying at, at mum's and this kind of stuff and and it was really nice yeah but you've got this horrendous yeah, this... thing going on in the foreground yes in the foreground is a nice description of it because it it isn't in the background it's why you're all there exactly and then you sort of when it's on the breaks as well I think isn't it like when you leave the room when they're sick or something and then 
you're having a nice time. Mm. And you're like, oh, why, oh yeah, why, why are we all here? Oh, yeah, because of that. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, this is what we, how comes everyone? Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot, didn't yeah. I? Because somebody's dying. We seem to be laughing a lot. Yeah. And that's, that's dying. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but that was good, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah, I think it's really, I know it comes back to like the importance of family and your tribe and your community that when these things happen, if you, like you said, you don't have to see each other all the time, but it's quite good if you get on because in these big situations, you will need to be together. Yeah. <laughs> so if you do all get on and can communicate, it makes that a lot more pleasurable and happy. And yeah, nice. totally. And I think, um, though, ex- you know, extremes of emotion and, ex- and extremes of experience just bring everything into sharper relief. Yeah, yeah. So actually you do laugh and you do yeah, yeah. enjoy each other's company well, I because think, all the other stuff to, falls away. But you bit. have to do that anyway. Like, that's what I think. If you already don't get on and then this yeah. happens, it makes it then worse because yeah. it turns that up. But, like, that's why I think it's good. Like, if you if you can already have lines of communication open as much as possible, yeah. you know, and I know some people that's just not possible for in their family. But, yeah, it, if you already get on and are, can have a nice time, then when this does happen, of course you're gonna, not going to stop having a nice time. Yeah. I think that's the thing, then people feel guilty. So like, why are we having a nice time? It's like, because you're with people you like. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, it, it would be really hard normal. to not have a nice It'd be like weird if you were like, well, we mustn't yeah, ever stop, laugh. Stop, stop having a nice time, everyone. Yeah, stop talking about it. Because you can't yeah. talk about it all the time. That's the other thing. You can't constantly be like, they're dying, they're dying, they're dying. Yeah. So eventually you're like, so, um, did you see, <laughs> <laughs> did anyone watch Bake Off? Like, you just have to have something <laughs> yes, else. Yes, but I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, yes. And dad made me think of it. Because also, you know, dad, we, we all knew dad would have gone, what, what's your problem? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going on. Yeah, it's, that's what I think is interesting. It, it sets the, the tone is already set. Mm. So I guess is what I mean. The tone is already set. It's unusual yeah. for that tone. It, I think, like you said, it's, it gets heightened very quickly. Yeah, you don't have to invent anything. Yeah, yeah. So too, too often in life, I think people, and I include myself in this, feel like they should be having a certain emotion. Yes, yeah, definitely. And actually with stuff like death... Oh, that's that's sort that sort of falls away. Yeah, because you just have to. Get, it's because it's so horrendous. Yeah, there's no choice. If yeah, it is there. so I think the more you can just accept, like, and I would say, like, if you are laughing, great, because you won't you won't be laughing in a minute. Yeah, so absolutely. Like, enjoy that brief moment, because I prom I promise you, if you're surrounded by death, you're gonna be bawling your eyes out in yeah. about an hour. Yeah. So if you're currently all giggling hysterically, you don't really know why. It's because your body's like, oh god, this is so nice. It's so nice. <laughs> We're laughing because in a second we'll be crying. Like, yeah, it's important, I think, to just accept those moments let them happen yeah and so you get to be a toddler again yeah the way that you know if, when toddlers fall over yeah. they cry and then the next second they're fine yeah god yeah and you actually you do you sort of do that again yeah you just it's just moment yeah, to moment so true, emotions just appear and go and because you've got such a good reason for them no one is like well, oh my god what's wrong with you everyone's yeah. like oh yeah her dad is dying yeah and so, I, did, yeah. I did that to myself because i'd been yeah. um diagnosed with depression about six months before dad got ill wow but my depression got easier when Dad was ill because I had a reason. I had a yeah. reason to be sad. Yeah, it was and very strange that I felt I felt guilty about it before then. Yeah, because it felt it was you know what a rogue and pleasant slave am I and all that kind of stuff, and um, and then suddenly oh there was a reason for me to feel like shit. Yeah, the, the weight lifted a bit. Yeah, which is sort of awful. No, I think it makes sense because that's the thing with depression is you have that bleak sadness without. A reason sometimes mm. like you said you just feel it so your brain is going oh, why is it this is it this is this and you're like no all these things are fine yeah and but also what is wrong with you cheer up yeah yeah you know, it's, it's, like, it's like passing a building site in your head yeah. cheer up <laughs> yeah. 
Which, if it happens in real life, you're like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when it's in your head, you're like, oh, oh yeah, shut probably up me. Should, shouldn't I? Oh, yeah. God. But yeah, it does. Grief, like you said, just makes everything very clear. Mm. And so if you are feeling depressed, and yeah, like, it's the world's greatest reason to feel depressed. Yeah, it, was, it was great. Yeah, you suddenly have a reason. You don't have to. Ju- you don't have to justify these feelings that beforehand have had no justification in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Rather than understanding that bit of your brain shuts up. Yeah, and, which is really um, nice. I've said this before, but like when you're grieving, it's I read the same part of your brain lights up that lights up when you're depressed. Oh, okay. So, but I think sometimes when people are grieving, they're they're like if they haven't been depressed, they're like, oh my god, what what is like mm. what is this? This is awful. And you're like, yeah, because you feel isolated and alone, like there's no point, but you do have a reason for it. Yeah. Unlike depression, where you're feeling like, oh, like well, there doesn't seem to be a reason. Like, yeah. So it's, it's, it's With grief, yeah, you are more alone. Yeah. And there is slightly less point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's true. so that's feels, normal. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Um, so well, did he die at home? What happened? No, he died in hospital. He he wanted to die at home, mm. um, but uh, he was too ill to. He was too ill and and, and things were too painful. Yeah. To yeah. to move him, but the hospital were amazing. So it was a. Um, hospital in Banbury in Oxfordshire um, and this particular ward who were utterly brilliant and let us stay there the whole time and we'd do night shifts and all that kind of stuff and they were kind and slightly helpfully my sister is a doctor Mm. so who let me get away with being an actor (laughs) and um, and she worked for one of the sister hospitals oh wow so she knew some of the consultants and nurses and stuff like that which I think helped which shouldn't have so yeah. I, there's a bit of a <laughs> about that, but, um, but then also I think who in your in that situation would reject that exactly? Who'd be like, no, no, we don't want any special privileges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we yeah. want socialism for all at this yeah. time. When my dad's dying, you're like, take it, take yeah. it, take don't your Don't tell him who you dying. are, Dr. Quinlan. Yeah. Um, but in fact, I remember having a. I went out for a drink with my brother the the night after my dad rang us and said it's terminal, and I sort of crumpled into a heap on the stairs mm. for a few hours, and then and then went out. Um, it was the fine. It was the last night, last recording of the Now Show of that series, <laughs> and so I knew various friends were had gone out for a meal, and I rang up Marcus Brigstock, lovely, a, lovely Marcus, lovely, lovely Marcus Brigstock, who's a good old friend of mine, and I said, um, I know this is weird, but my dad's just announced he's dying. Can I come and join you at dinner? And he went, Yeah, <laughs> and he said, No, he said yes, of course. But then put the phone down. I thought, Oh. <laughs> shit, shit, what are we going to do? Um, and I got there and Mitch Ben had just started a conversation about replacing a word in a film title with the word poo. <laughs> and so we played that that gave rages with yeah. you know, poo on a hot tin roof and <laughs> all that kind of nonsense. And it was it was fine. Return of the poo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they see. The two poos. The poo who loved me. Yeah, great. great. It's, it's endless. Poo, Look who's pooing poo always, now. Poo always knocks twice. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah. it's okay. a good game. Play it's it. Um, and so, played that for a while. Hung out with these friends, and then I went for a long walk, and I ended up um, walking past the National Theatre, and a mate of mine was just coming out of stage door with his mum, and said, "Oh, how are you?" And I went, "Well, I just oh, that's fine." <laughs> yeah, we had a bit of a chat, and then I continued walking, and I sat on Blackfriars Bridge with a bottle of wine, Aww. and got a phone call from this friend's girlfriend saying, "Well, you're staying at ours tonight," and so I went and stayed with them. But the following night, and that, which was amazing, you know, these people just pick you up. That's so amazing that, and I think what what's massively important about that story is that you reached out twice. Yeah, twice you picked up the phone and you said, 
I'm coming to dinner, can I come to dinner? And people went, of course. Yeah. We don't mind you being sad. And then you bumped into someone and you didn't say, I'm fine, everything's fine, and walk away, <laughs> yeah. thinking, I'm dead inside and no one knows. You went, this is happening to me. So people were able to help you. Yeah. And I think that's so... Because I think when you're in shock or sad, you just think people are going to reject this. Why would anyone want this near them? Mm. And what you realise, like, that, that story is so great because twice people were like... Of course. Yeah. Of course we want to help you. That's absolutely what we love to do. We want to help. And you've made it clear to us how we can help yeah. by telling us what's happening. I think that's so that's so great that you were able to do that. Yeah, I did that a bit, actually. You know, And I made a couple of phone calls that night of people who just went, of course, I'm coming yeah, around and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I think, and certainly since then, I've been much more open about how I feel. Yeah. And I've had other bouts of depression and if people ask how I am, I'll tell them. Yeah. <laughs> Be warned, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. Don't ask me how I am, kids. But I think that's so important because I think it's so easy to think because your sadness can feel so bleak and like at this huge well that there's no bottom to that you think, well, why would anyone want to be around that? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be around it. And to forget, like every time I felt awful and I've told someone, it's been... Re- relieved yeah within like five minutes someone's gone oh i didn't oh we'll come to this or do this or oh all right and i'll talk to you and you're like oh oh i didn't think anyone wanted of course they do they want to talk to you they want to help you true i think and i think that also massively important is that people go oh you can say it so it sort of allows space for other people yeah yeah definitely which is which is massive and i i I, you know it's weird until you said that i'd never really thought about it as yeah allowing space for me to be sad I always think of it as allowing space for other people to say I feel like shit (laughs) which I think is also important because then people go oh I see we're we're talking about it are we like what happens with me when I talk about oh I say very freely yeah my dad said you can see they're like oh well I also know someone who's dead you're like great yeah we can all talk about it it's fine like and then we don't feel weird like we're carrying around this strange secret that no one knows about but I think that's really good mental health that you that you rang Marcus yeah and also I think making choice like good choices I think like you rang someone who's fun and nice and you went to around a group of people who made you laugh yeah and I think that stuff like that is invaluable to remind remind yourself I'm alive there is life yeah I can laugh somehow I'll get through this like this this pain doesn't have to overwhelm me Mm. I think that's it's interesting yeah yeah no it was a it was a a real lesson, actually, yeah. in that people are... Yeah, people are willing to help. People are there. Definitely. Which is great. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Lloyd. So sorry, then you said you went for a drink with yeah, your brother. Yeah, so the following night I went for a drink with my brother, just around the corner from here. We're recording near London Bridge. And uh, yeah, we went to a pub just around the corner from here. I, the, I only remembered as I was walking in. Mm. I thought, oh, that's oh, apt. Um, and we had, we had a big heart to heart. But we talked about my, my sister and made a sort of pact that at no point was she going to become the family doctor. Right. Yeah, and that, yeah, you know, yeah. she was, we had to be really careful that, you know, because she knew what she was talking about and all this kind of stuff. That you, we weren't yeah. just going to bombard her with questions that she was in this in exactly the same way that we are. Oh, that's so lovely. And so, yeah, and then and then we got drunk and told each other our biggest secrets and it was, um, whew. <laughs> yeah, quite good. Night. <laughs> it was good. It was really, no, it was really nice. It was really, it's, it's cathartic because we just, you know, talked about dad and talked about um, things we hadn't ever told mum and dad. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we had a really nice I'm time. an actor. <laughs> I don't know if everyone. I don't know if everyone knows that. I'm yet. a thespian. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I think that's really lovely, and for your sister because I can imagine the temptation to make her the family doctor must have been so huge because there you've got someone who understands the language. Yeah, totally. And once a consultant's been in, you could be like, "Well, did they? What did they mean? What did that mean?" Like I would have been like, "Please translate everything." Yeah, completely. I think that's really honourable that you so were like, was... "Remember, she's a grieving daughter first. Yeah. Well, I think I don't know. We're quite good at pulling together. Yeah, and I think that's like sort it. of what it comes. And and she was always going to, I think, take on that role. Yeah, I mean, also that's, I guess, how she can help. Yeah, as well. exactly. And I think to her detriment, I think understood more earlier on, maybe yeah. even than Dad. Yeah, which must have been really tough. Oh, really God. tough. Yeah, yeah, I can't quite imagine. Yeah, really knowing what's going on. But I suppose at least that like that's your job. Yeah. So at least you're like. It's funny, like we talk, maybe we talk about this, like a lot of performers end up doing eulogies. Right. And then I think some people are like, how can you do that? You go, it's my job. Like, yeah. It's what yeah. I do. So at least with the doctors, like, yeah, it's what I've been trained is to yeah. understand. But obviously Look it doesn't, at doesn't make it and... easier. It doesn't yeah. make it less painful. So then he goes to hospital. And mm. where were you when he died? What happened? I was doing the night shifts, generally, mm. the last few nights. And here's some guilt I'm never going to get rid of. His last night... Uh, the nurses persuaded me to go home because he was unconscious and they said just go and get some sleep and I went home that was his last night and I I still feel a bit fucking hell well can I tell you that I can't so many people say I left the room Mm. and I am now convinced that's when they decide to go well this is because they don't want to do it when you're there this is i hear this so many times people go i feel so bad i left the room the doctor nurse said this the nurse said this and i thought he'd have one more night and i'm like i'm telling you that they they're waiting for you to go well here's the magic because he didn't die in the night he died the next day Mm. so my mum was there when he died and her sister was there and mum didn't really want her sister to be there right but her sister um Wanted to be there as a support. Yeah. And, you know, for the best possible reasons. Yeah, yeah. Wanted to stay and yeah, support and all this kind of stuff. But, but and didn't really get the message that Mama actually really, really wanted to yeah, be alone yeah. with Dad. And then 
her sister realised that her parking was running out and so nipped out to feed the meter. And mum leaned into dad and went, she's gone and I'm going to be okay. And he died. Yeah, amazing. Oh my God. And I'd gone round to my sister's for dinner. My sister lived in, lives in Oxford, so not very far away. And yeah, then the phone, the, I was running a bath for one of her kids and the phone rang and my sister shouted upstairs for me and I didn't hear her. And uh, so she shouted louder, didn't hear her. She sh- and then eventually she just went, he's died! <laughs> and that I heard. <laughs> That's how you found out? Yeah. Which was, yeah. So I, I love it because there is nothing, as a sibling, there's nothing more annoying than shouting for your sibling that <laughs> don't hear. Like, yeah, you might yeah. be like, Tom! Yeah. And then I come into the room and I've screamed in his face. And he's like, why are you screaming? Because I've been screaming <laughs> your fucking name! The phone for you! And he's like, don't fucking shout. Yeah. So I can completely so understand her being like, I said it, Carrie! How many times? <laughs> it's time! It's time! Oh, you hear me now? Oh my god! Not deaf anymore, are you? <laughs> Yo, you can eat. He can't. He's died. <laughs> that pure frustration of just being like, yeah. Please don't make me come and get you. It's like being like seventeen and yes, nine again. Absolutely. And as people in the era of landlines, we can understand this. <laughs> I can't move from this phone. You have to come here. <laughs> I'm not walking upstairs to get you. But I do. I have to say, so many people have said to me, "I left the room," and yeah. I think now as a parent. I can understand not wanting yeah. your child to see that. I'm very big on telling people you're going to be okay. Yeah. Telling people they can go. My they mum's very go. big yeah, on this. Yeah. That um, people do hang around. Yeah, because they're worried yeah. and they're fighting it. And I think if you say you, you can go, my it makes a massive a difference. We were all with him. I mean, I don't know what he was aware of, but my mum kept saying, she it felt like he was more aware of my mum. She kept saying, you can go, you can go, yeah. you can go. It's okay, it's okay. Because I think it's... It's hard to, like, giving birth is hard, right? Getting a baby out is hard. Right. And I think dying is hard. Like, yeah. for some people, you know, when they're when They're the they're two Ill, big moments, aren't they? Yeah, and I think sometimes it's easy to think, like, oh, well, the disease is killing them, rather than, like, there's also another fight going on of yeah. them, like you said, hanging around or fighting it or not wanting to die. Yeah. And then having to, that's, you know, they have to, and obviously not for everybody, some people just drop dead and that's another situation. But I think, so, especially with cancer, mm. I feel like it's sort of like you have to be like, you can, yeah, like you said, yeah. you can go. I was very keen, the last few days, I was very keen on not saying see you tomorrow. Mm. I'd say goodbye yeah, every yeah. every night. Yeah. So he didn't feel he had to be there. Yeah. And I think also the fact that you went and got some sleep is so human yeah. and those nurses must have recognised like perhaps they also recognised it's going to be soon mm. you're going to want to have had some sleep when That's it hits true. you yeah because it's about to happen yeah so why don't you go and rest before the shit storm that is coming your well, way where is that yeah we um we donated to the ward we got them a, a reclining chair oh. afterwards so that so that relatives could could have, have a kit. snooze oh yeah. that's so nice this is nice so Things you were at that. home and she screamed up the stairs <laughs> yeah and and we drove yeah so we drove drove up to the hospital you know took care of mum mm. and then there was there was dad so you saw the body yeah and how was that for you um incredibly emotional yeah yeah and i held his hand and i talked to him all my all my siblings were were and are married with children. Right, uh, I'm not, 
And I held his hand and I said, you know, I'm, I, I will have children one day and I'll tell them about you. And I got really emotional, um, which I feel another thing to feel guilty about because I'm not going to have children. Um, <laughs> but, I'll tell, but I'll tell you about him. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I held his hand and I, it was, yeah, it was really intense. Mm. Just sort of looking at him, I'm blinking, holding his hand, just talking to him and telling him how much he meant to me and stuff. Did you feel like he was still kind of there? No. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, it felt... It was massively intense, but it felt like it was symbolic somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a weird one. It's weird, Cause isn't they, it? Because they are, yeah, and I know you've talked about this a lot yeah. on this before, that they, they're gone. They're so gone, aren't they? It's really, really odd. They're so gone, but I completely understand, because I spoke to my dad after, I, I really was like, oh, he's not there. But then I felt like he was sort of there. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> like sort yeah, of yeah. in the atmosphere a bit, which is an odd thing to say, but just felt like... I remember just looking at the body and thinking, well, you're not in there. Yeah. But I still feel like you're here. Right. And I think like that need to, to talk and still communicate, like it's so, it's so hard to wrap your head around because it's such a like sort of stone age, primeval, metaphorical yeah. thing happening. Totally. That nothing else in your life is like that. Mm. Like anything else in your life, you'd be like, well, why are you talking to the door? The door isn't doing anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. But it's something... It just makes sense. It just yeah. makes sense that you hold their hand and you talk to them and you say goodbye. Yeah. Mum had a thing when she was nursing. If someone died, you'd open a window so they could get out. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about this. And I was this. quite big on that. Yeah. So this is... I talked about this on another episode that... Um, I think on the Robert Popper's one that I... I was the only one who went back into the room. I didn't know this till recently. Right. I just blanked out what they were doing. But we were in the room when he died and then... Um, we obviously left and they went and, t- you know, sorted it out, tidied it up. And then they said, do you want to go back in? And my mum and my brother said no. And I said yes. Right. So I was like, yeah. Wow. And I went and opened, he had these, like, not French doors, like a slide, big sliding window onto a little bit, a tiny bit of grass, courtyardy bit. And I went and opened it because I thought, I remember thinking, oh, well, he can't get out. Yeah. And someone else wrote to me, a palliative care nurse, and said, yeah, that's quite common. Yeah. That nurses do it if the member of the family hasn't done it. Yeah, it's but a big I, thing. No one told me to. I don't know why. That's, I just felt that's like... That's really interesting. Because I went in the room and I thought, like I said, it felt like he was still sort of there. Mm. So I opened the window and said, well, you can go outside if you want. Like, yeah. I felt like, you don't want to stay in here. Like, it'd be rubbish. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a hospital room. Yeah, when my grandma died, my mum's mum, my my aunt was, was with her and she was in a, a nursing home and she could hear the cleaner outside going, um, can I turn it on now? Or should I? <laughs> And Grandma died, and the Hoover went on. And in my mind, she got sucked up. <laughs> I by this 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 horrible thought. Well, oh not not God. actually not really a horrible thought because she was obsessed with cleaning. Do you know what I thought? She went and turned it on me. Oh, see, That's no, what I, I, I just I, I imagine her getting sucked up and actually it being what she would have wanted because yeah, yeah, she yeah. was a neat freak. Yeah, yes, finally tidy. Yeah. Don't be hanging around. <laughs> last, yeah, last, yeah, last. The tidiest I could Dusty be. Dusty vacuum. <laughs> For eternity. So you go to the hospital and you sort your mum out, and then mm. the funeral. Did you did you speak at the funeral or I did a reading. Did a reading. So so first my middle brother and I went to the funeral directors. We did that. That was our job. That was your job. <laughs> Which um, yeah. There, oh, there was this awful moment, but brilliant moment when um, the funeral director was great. The, oh, that was on Dad's when I die list. Oh. Um, 
funeral directors, I'd suggest getting in touch with Humphreys and Company in Banbury. We've used them for building work, so we know they're reliable. What? What? So I think it was like one brother runs the building side and one brother <laughs> runs the funerals. But they had some building work done and they seem trustworthy and they know who we are. So like yeah, let's yeah. let's have them. Aww. Okay. So that was interesting. Um, so we went and met them and they were great. And we were all, you know, he, he didn't want a fancy coffee and any of that. Yeah. Da, 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 cremation, all this sort of stuff. And then the funeral director said, now, um, now a lot of Irish families like to... Ha- to um, take the, the coffin and have it on the kitchen table the night before the funeral yeah. and we were like yeah, we're quite anglicised now it's no no it's totally fine that's oh, no it's good no very British now no please don't oh, please. so your dad wasn't Irish or like um, his his mum was Irish and his dad was half Irish oh, okay but yeah he was yeah, but he was born over here. So it wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was just like, God, no! Because I and know, then, having spoken to other Irish people, they're like, yeah, you have the body round, but yeah, yeah you were way past... <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. No thanks. You can you can look That's, after him, You please. can stay here, he won't mind. Yeah. He won't mind. He really won't mind. It's not on the list or the document, yeah, but we're sure. Yeah, exactly. We're absolutely I'll just, sure. I'll just double check. No, nope, Yeah, that's fine. fine. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted my dad at the kitchen table. No, that'd be, yeah, that'd be weird. I mean, for whatever your culture and you feel comfortable, but if you haven't absolutely. been brought up with but it... For me, yeah, it seems really like, right. oh God. No, you're right. I'd be thinking about it every time I had lunch. Exa- exactly yeah, that. I'd be yeah. thinking he was on that table. Yeah. I'd be, yeah, that would, yeah. Yeah. No. And I wouldn't be able to sleep that night. No. I'd be so worried about... I still have a thing when I go to my mum's. When I go upstairs, I have to switch the light on just in case, just in case dad like pitches up and says yeah, hello. I know, these funny things <laughs> it's really, still make really odd. I just don't want you to grab me or scare yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, I'd really like to have a chat, to be honest. I'd love and to have yet, a chat. But also... I think I might be a bit freaked out. Yeah, it might be really scary. Somewhat. But the funeral was on Red Nose Day. (laughs) So there was a very brief conversation that mum shut down very quickly (laughs) of having an open coffin and filling it with baked beans. (laughs) So, yeah, she didn't really enjoy that as much as the rest of us did as an idea. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I did a reading. So there were two readings and there was one that was quite emotional one that was less emotional and my brother Matt and I were going to do the readings and he did the less emotional one because he didn't want to want to cry and I did the more emotional one because I was worried I wouldn't cry <laughs> that's good so, yeah good everybody got what they needed yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was why were you worried you wouldn't cry um sometimes I worry that I'm dead inside <laughs> basically so, so yeah. I don't mean to laugh. It's just yeah. a very f- common performer worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can I just form think, all these emotions because yeah. inside I'm dead. I just think I'm dead inside. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I was quite pleased to read something that would definitely make me cry. And, and a good. The, so the church was full, which was really nice. And there were people sitting on the sides of the altar. Mm. And a very good mate of dad's, who's also a good mate of mine, was sitting there. And I thought, well, Pete's there. So. If I do dissolve, I'll just hand it to him. Aww. And that's fine. And I learnt it so that if I, you know, the dewy eyes wouldn't ruin you it. Good performer, you. Oh, yeah. You learnt um, it. Good work. <laughs> and it was really nice. I was really glad I got to do it. Yeah. I've always, I've always really loved reading in church. Yes, yeah, nice, isn't Love it? it? Lovely acoustics. Love it. Oh, <laughs> splendid. And they knew God, what they were doing. Gosh, can you mean it? <laughs> It's mean it, love. Oh, you can really... They so rarely mean it, so when you mean it, they think you're really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was really glad I got to do that. And it was a really good, really good funeral. And then you said you went to Edinburgh six months afterwards. Yeah. So how 
like how did you cope with it how did you find especially being I mean you know you're an actor and writer but you like myself work a lot in comedy Mm. which is full of people who worry that they're dead inside and make awful jokes a lot like how was that around well around Edinburgh and comedy people well um actually long pre-Edinburgh we were I was doing a little tour with Marcus we do a a show called the early edition where we go through newspapers every morning and we did a mini tour of it and about four days after three or four days after dad died there was one in Kingston Oh, wow. And I rang Marcus and I said, I know this is going to sound weird, but I really need something <laughs> it's that's... It's me again. Yeah, I know this yeah, is going to sound weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm really sorry, Brig. I oh, think Brig must man. have done it back to you a I couple sound, of times. I was just fucking high maintenance. No, oh, God, yeah. No, he has. Exactly. I, I yeah. love Marcus, but oh. I think that's a mutual... Yeah, I think we're all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I rang him up and said, I really need something that's my normal life Yeah, yeah. right now. Can I come and do the show? I might be a bit of a mess, but and he said, "Of course, come along, do the show." And um, so it was. It was me, Marcus, Andre Vincent, and Phil Jupitus at the Kingston Rose Theatre, and we got there. And so before the show, we have about two hours where we sit around and read the newspapers and highlight stuff and yeah. ready to talk about it. And I opened the fir- and I opened the Independent on my dad's obituary. <gasps> Oh, my God. That was weird. That was really, really weird. Wow. Um, it was a very nice obituary. So you didn't know it was going to be in there? No. I hadn't realised it'd be in that. Day. I, I thought... So he was quite high up in the Ministry of Defence. Yeah. So I thought there, there, there'd probably be an obituary or two around, but it hadn't crossed my mind. And I opened it up, and there and there was a picture of Dad and people writing nice things about him. So I turned the page quite quickly. Yeah, that must have been a real, kept that, like... kept that for later. Oh God! Because yeah, you don't want to open with open with that on a comedy show. What's in the papers today? Well, my dad's a <laughs> My dad died. Did you bring it up um, in the show at all? You just I'm not sure. I did. Yeah. I can't actually remember. Uh, most of that time's a bit of a blur. Yeah, um, yeah. That first year is just a blur. Yeah, completely. It's just a, yeah, what happened? Yeah, make no big decisions in that first yes, year. Yes, yes. Someone else said that. Like they, I think it was on the Ed Morris's episode actually. Oh. Said that his parents had like had an agreement beforehand, like. Uh, the year after either of them died, like no decisions to be made. Yeah. Like, no selling houses, no. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I think it's quite, I mean, you know, do whatever you need to do, but I think a, quite a nice, quite a good guideline of like, you know, don't get your hair cut. Don't, yeah. don't like, you know, sell the house. Just take your time. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it is such a blur. Because madness. you're going to make, you're, you're, you're not you. Yeah, you're not you're gonna you. Make, you're going to make the wrong decisions. Yeah. And obviously, if you have to make some decisions, I'd make some holiday decisions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, just be like, yeah, yeah then we'll do this. I mean, if your yeah. telly breaks, choose a new telly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no decisions, oh, everyone. Nothing. They said, don't do it. Nothing. But yeah, I completely understand that need to be normal, and I yeah. think that's hard for some people who haven't been through it because they expect a kind of televised version of like she will appear she will be sad she will be crying she will want no laughter in her life and it's again I like just because someone's died you don't stop being you yeah like Carrie before her dad died wanted to do fun things and make people laugh Mm. that's the same that doesn't disappear yeah you know you still and also in a way like you said you're not yourself so you're desperately searching for things that remind you of yourself absolutely that so you're like oh god that that Seems familiar. I used to sit on stage and make people laugh, didn't I? Let's do that. Let's try that. And yeah. even if you do it and feel shit, it's like... Then you're among friends. Yeah, And exactly. you can just go, Marcus. And he'll yeah. 
start talking and yeah. you can sit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> It'll just start talking about It's also funny. really helpful having inappropriate friends. Yeah, do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I um so the day after the morning after dad died, I sent a text round to various people I'd been talking to about right, him yeah. over the last few months to say, you know, he died last night. Uh, Mum was there and we were there shortly afterwards and all this kind of stuff. And I got some really nice texts back and then I got a message from Bridget Christie. <laughs> who really is married to Stuart Lee, yeah. um, uh, that said, um, look, if there's anything you need or you just want to talk to someone, call someone else. I'm a bit busy at the moment. <laughs> 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 and it was so perfect. I love Bridget so And so brilliant. That's so funny. And I ran downstairs and I showed everyone and everyone just roared and it was fabulous. Oh, but God, crucially, so funny. I forgot to reply. <laughs> oh no! So she was like, yeah, shit, oh, she's shit, furious shit, with me. I fucked shit. up. Yeah, and she said, and she told Stu, and he, and apparently he said, do you, do you two know each other that well? <laughs> she thought, oh fuck, no, we don't. Oh god. Oh, ah. So the next day, I got flowers. <laughs> no. Yeah. She shot herself. And so I had to oh ring her up. Oh god! Say, I just didn't reply because yeah, I'm busy. I'm a little bit busy, and oh god, yeah. it was. But it was the best. Thing. It, it was, was so absolutely funny. cheered up everyone's morning. Yeah. It really did. It lifted. But she had lifted 24 the, hours of going. Yeah. I'm the worst person ever. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought that was an appropriate text. So now it's called doing a Bridget in our family. What I love about that though is that, like, like Bridget was was right that was a really funny comment but I think most comics would have been like well fuck you for being weird Bridget then felt so guilty she sent you flowers <laughs> yeah. and did a normal person reaction just think she was like well here's the comedy reaction okay I'm going to do normal as well because it seems like that hasn't worked well, I think some other comics would have been like whatever yeah that's, that's can't take a joke the queen she really is that's she hilarious really is. It was what brilliant. a funny text I would have laughed my it head off it was beautiful and I got and um, in that spirit a few days later I got a text from my brother saying that um, he'd been listening to music on the listening to his his Walkman on the on the bus and some appropriate tune had come up and he'd had a bit of a cry on the mm. bus but it was really nice and cathartic and he thought about dad and it was lovely and I just replied poof <laughs> and then I started feeling really guilty so I did a Bridget almost immediately after the original Bridget <laughs> sorry I was only joking I, was I didn't joking. mean it you're not oh no, it wouldn't matter if you were oh god it doesn't ah! matter then. crying is not a sign of yeah sorry oh <laughs> <sighs> That's hilarious. It's a minefield, but it's just lovely when people pull stuff like that. Yeah, I think you're right. And you sort of feel normal. I mean, again, again, if you are somebody who deals with life in that way, obviously, mm. I'm not saying like not everyone is down with the jokes. <laughs> like, that I have noticed. Yeah, don't immediately take this as, as advice. Yeah, some people want you to be respectful. Know your audience. Yes, know your audience. That's a great phrase know your audience because if they already work in comedy they're already used to every inappropriate joke going and and it is that thing of like saying the unsayable that yeah. makes you laugh that's what's making you laugh is that you know someone's joking but i think it's so nice when you yeah you have friends who know they can can joke with you they, they can they pull can, that card yeah, yeah it's really nice definitely and i do think that's i mean that's why when people say to me oh like you know why do you pr- predominantly talk to comedians and it's like well it's not so depressing. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise this show would be a real fucking downer. Yeah, and I think people don't realise. It's like comedians make light of everything. Yeah. So that means you can talk about death in a way that, you know, is... is because they're already dead inside. They're already... That's exactly... Yep. <laughs> Most of us worry or feel or are convinced we're dead inside. So what more... What does it matter what we say and yeah. do and think? That's very funny. And yeah, so how was Edinburgh when you were walking around? Like you said, um, you had the six-month anniversary. Did you... Yeah, it was It, it was very odd. And I, I here's... Right. Here, basically, this is 
today is a list of things I feel guilty about. <laughs> yeah, sure. And you were raised um, by a Catholic. This is yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, does it show? <laughs> um, I was, yeah, I was walking. Uh, we did early edition. We did the newspaper show, and then, um, and only after afterwards did it strike me that it was six months. Oh, wow. And and I said to the boys, I'm going to go for a little walk, and uh, and I went for a little walk. And I wa- at one point I walked past um, Daniel Kitson. I and he must have said hello to me, but it it didn't register. And then he said something like, "Oh, suit yourself then." And I heard that, but I just kept. Yeah, and yeah, I thought yeah. I've just, I've just ruined that friendship. Oh, I've just absolutely shattered that friendship by seeming like a moody, moody old bitch who's not going to say hello to him. And I thought, and that's haunted me for nine years. Have you ever said to him? No. I feel like you no. should say. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't. I, you know, I don't really see him very much now <laughs> for some reason. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and I don't. I I think it'd be a weird thing to. Yeah, I know what you mean to say. But sometimes it's hard to. That's again the other thing. Sometimes it's hard to express. Like sometimes you can say what you need, and sometimes you you are just in such a fog that yeah. when someone's saying anything, you're like, I don't even know how to say mm. the words. My dad died. It's been six months, and I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, like it's yeah, but I don't think you kind of ruined a friendship from just him. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe maybe I've ruined by, it. In other by ways. all like normal means, you might just have not heard him. <laughs> like even if it wasn't that. Yeah, I mean. It's it, probably fine. You probably, like, but, if he was that annoyed, you could have said, Jane, I just didn't, you didn't see or hear you. Yeah. Also in Edinburgh. I've yeah. I've seen people in Edinburgh who quite clearly, it hasn't even been their dad's anniversary, but they have not wanted to talk to anyone. Yeah. And you can see they're like, just like, I'm dead inside. <laughs> my, my review said I was dead inside. Huh? And so I'm walking down, crossing the bridge, and I am. they walk directly past you and they're like, I am not seeing you because yeah. I do not want to talk to anyone. Well, that's how I tell myself. Maybe it's just me. I get worried in Edinburgh that um, people won't remember who I am. And so I don't say hello to them. And then they do remember who I am. And then I just look like a biatch. <laughs> it's so complicated oh. in Edinburgh. It's like being in a fucking giant common room for yeah. a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it reminds me of. It's just the pressure of like, oh, are they now not going out? Oh, God. Oh. Well, how can't he? That, that's happening over there. I thought those two people weren't friends. And oh, God. So stressful. <laughs> and it's really interesting that you said you went for a walk, which is what your dad used to say. Oh, hello. That was interesting. Yeah. You say, right, let's go for a walk. And in, maybe in your head, you were very much having that conversation with your dad at that moment. I do have and, chats to him yeah. still. So perhaps that's why you didn't want to say yeah. hello to someone because it's like, that means he's not here and he's not real. And, and, I, and I'd have to introduce him and then they'd really think <laughs> I was weird. And also, well, you, like, he's met you before, you and remember. it's, just like, it's a bit embarrassing. And, yeah. yeah. So you still have chats to him now? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, quite a lot. Um, and I and I try to. I still feel a bit silly. I wish I could be more free with it. Sometimes yeah. I, oh, I do feel... Yeah, yeah. I feel silly. But they're, they're quite brief chats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I feel... I, I felt very strongly, not that long after... Um, he died that I'd sort of internalised him I knew yeah, you know I, yeah. um, that it's that thing of you know no one dies until people who remember them yeah. aren't around anymore so I talk to him about I tell him the cricket scores <laughs> we used to we used to do a thing where so um, not that long after he died England won an ashes test at Lords for the first time in something like 80 years yeah, yeah. which means he never saw oh he was a, an absolute cricket fanatic, yeah. and he never saw England win an Ashes Test at Lords. I think there'll be letters, um, <laughs> and so we we wrote the score on a bit of paper and tied it to a balloon, Aww. and let go of the balloon, and 
floated up. And so for a while, we'd send Grandad the cricket scores <laughs> with my nephews. And um, oh, that's adorable. Yeah, and so, until of course we realised that you know the balloons single-use plastic, not good. I was just thinking, I'll yeah. get an email about yeah. don't put balloons into the sky. Yeah, it's so, bad for the birds. So so now, if you're, if you're composing it, stop. We've said it's not a great thing to do. Is so what I do now? Yes, if sure. I need to send him a message. Yeah, yeah. How do you do that? Is um, paper boats. Oh, yeah, that's lovely. So I do paper boats and with the cricket scores. Sometimes, yeah, not always. Just I'm doing it less note. now. Yeah, but if I need to chat Dude, to him about something, the cricket scores aren't great at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not, you don't it's tell me on the cricket thing. Sure, So I do that, and I talk to him about politics because he was always really clear about stuff. Yeah, and it's a shit show and a shambles, yeah. and you sort of go, what? What's going on? Yeah, I think I I less feel like I want to share stuff because it's been you know. Yeah. But it's just things where you think, oh, we would have loved that. We always say, mm. it's a shame he didn't have an iPhone. <laughs> He'd have loved an iPhone. <laughs> oh, he would have. Abs- he was like really into the internet before. Like oh. we had the internet before anybody. Wow, yeah. And he was really that into, like, obsessed with like, like you know, he would say like, oh, this is going to change the world. Like this is amazing. And we could, <laughs> he'd be like, you, you know, I can write something here and they get in America. Like, you know, Karen, look at this, look at this. And I remember at the time being like, oh, okay, who cares? Like he really thought this was the future. <laughs> My mum and me were like, oh, he would have loved an iPhone. Oh. The fact they could do his emails on it, that would have blown his brain. Oh, my dad wouldn't have known which way up. <laughs> so it was, yeah. Well, there you go, you know. When I was at university, so when I first started university, it was um, the days when you had sort of one payphone before between oh, yeah, 30 yeah. people. And the 30 people I shared my phone with, every one of them at some point explained to my dad how a video recorder works. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. no, I'm trying. S- I'm trying to tape Morse. Um, <laughs> I can't really. Uh, and people just talking through it, and then come to the bar and go, "I've just told you that. Yeah, video. Yeah." <laughs> That's so sweet. Say, now, I don't know how to switch the answering machine on. Right, you know, are you looking at the answering machine, Dad? Yep. Um, you see, there's a big button that says on on it. Oh yes. Have you you got it now? What? Press it. Oh, right. There we are. Oh, I see. It was extraordinary. Yes. And then I remember watching um, a Bond film, the beginning of which was set in the basement of the MOD. that yeah. was all computers. Yeah. And just thinking, oh, fuck, we're doomed. <laughs> we're absolutely doomed. Absolutely doomed. What are, what are all these machines? What's <laughs> this? When in the late 90s, he sits you down and goes, no, I've had an idea. Okay. He didn't, he didn't sound like this <laughs> at all. Um, uh, now, I was wondering, would it be possible to tape a CD <laughs> yeah, Dad. Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. People have been doing that for like fifteen years. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah, he was rubbish. That's so sweet. <laughs> I'd love it if you'd just been like, "No," and you were the first person yeah. to say, "You that. fucking what? what? Tape?" Okay, we need to call HMB. Right yeah, now. hang on. <laughs> Where, I, I need. I need my pen. I need my special pen. <laughs> I'm writing all this down. Oh, he sounds. Lovely. He was good. Just bloody lovely. And thank you so much for coming to talk to us about your lovely dad, Michael. Well, thank you for letting me. Pleasure. You can follow Carrie on Twitter at Quinlan underscore Carrie. That's Quinn, Q-U-I-N-L-A-N underscore Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E. You can follow The Griefcast on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast. And do follow us because sometimes I do book competitions and flower competitions on Instagram. Always worth being a part of. You can also email me, thegriefcast at gmail.com. The show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios and the music was provided by the Glue Ensemble. 
And remember, you're not alone. <laughs>